Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Jared coming to you live from our new podcast called Puzzling Company. We are super excited to be putting this out there into the airwaves. This show, if you're listening, is all about at-home puzzles and mysteries, but I am only half of the equation here. With me, as always, will be my co-host, Zach. Zach. Who else would it be? True. True. Who else would it be? Uh, But we will be happily joining you guys whenever you're happy to have us in your household Probably every five days, isn't that right? Yeah, about every five to six days. We'll be releasing episodes five a month, and today is our first one. Talking about our episode, we want to give you guys a little uh, context for how we break up our episodes. The first section, which we're talking about right now, is just about game reviews. We're going to be doing a little more of a deep dive. We'll be talking about game theory, game analysis, a lot of different, more specific aspects of how you can rate and talk about a game. Now, I did not personally pass the game reviewer test, did you? I did, actually, yes. I got a passing grade of a 98. 98? What uh, What question did you miss? Uh, the honesty. honesty. The honesty question. So your, your reviews are just going to be littled with lies and inaccuracies and fallacies. That's correct, yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's <laughs> a good that's way to start off on. Good way to start. The audience will be super trustworthy. Yes. Uh, But this is just to say, we are not perfect. These are our own personal, Zach and I's own personal views. We have played a lot of games. That's true. We feel like we are a good voice in the community to talk about these games, but know that anything we share is our own personal thoughts. Mm -hmm. Our goal is never to tear down our games or our creators, but we will be talking a lot about what we liked, and we will be talking about where we feel like there's room for improvement. And that's what this segment is all about. So we want to kick off with our very first game. This is, the game of the game is soup, but there are periods after each letter, which means we are dealing with an acronym here. Yes. And what, what does that acronym stand for, Zach? Oh, it's for the Society for the Observation of Unknown Phenomena. And, and we are part of that now. We are, yes. We are official members. We did pass that test. We did. We actually have our own ID cards and a pen. So, and, and, that, and that kind of takes us into our, our first point about what we really love about this game is we know that the creators over at Kraken Nut Mysteries killed this game when it comes to personalization. Oh, absolutely, yes. So this game takes place over a number of different envelopes. But before you even get into that envelope system, everything is addressed to you. Mm-hmm. And you really feel like this is a experience that is cultivated and created to suck you and immerse you into that game. Oh, yeah. You definitely feel like you're a part of it. Uh, for you, what were some of the elements that really made it feel personal? Mainly it was the things that start off with it. And then as the game goes on, you kind of start realizing that you're kind of just this low member in soup, you know, and they keep kind of giving you these tasks that you need to do. And you're kind of, you as the game starts going on without spoiling too much, things start to unravel and you really figure out how big of a role you're actually going to play in this whole scheme. Yeah. And, and, and I think every time you open up an envelope and you see that somebody's taken the time to address it to you yeah. and think about you. And even just the uh, the branding, I feel like, that comes with Soup, it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like an official organization. And at the same time, it's really playful, yeah. right? Because we're 
we're not dealing with something super serious. Oh, yeah, no. This game does not take itself super serious, but it puts us in a really successful role, I feel like, to delve into it. Yep. Did you uh, did you enjoy the subject matter of this game? I did, actually. I, I think the game, as it goes on, I got more invested into it, especially the beginning with the personalization and everything was really cool. But yes, as the game goes on, I definitely felt like the subject matter of you trying to figure out like what's actually going on with all these different like phenomena going on around the world and kind of your travels and then the big kind of story that starts unfolding in front of you, uh, it definitely feels really fun. It is. And I think what makes it fun, and this is the second thing that we really loved about the game, is this is a narrative that is driven by the puzzles. Yeah. Everything fit. There wasn't a puzzle where we were like, oh, this is just a puzzle Mm -hmm. for puzzle's sake. Uh, This feels rushed. This feels misplaced. There was, I feel like, an extreme amount of intentionality on the company's part to really puzzle by puzzle build the narrative. Oh, absolutely. What were, uh, without spoiling uh, too much, what were uh, what were some of your favorites? Uh, some of my favorite parts definitely, so one of the big parts of the game, without spoiling too much, is that you travel all over the world trying to, like, observe and figure out all these phenomena going on. And a lot of the clues very much, like we said, are very narrative-based around it. So you go somewhere and you need to talk to, like, a seer, uh, and then you get tarot cards and the seer, the seer starts reading off things to you and you're like, okay, this is interesting, you know, and then you you pick a choice and it changes this. And one of them, without telling you what happens in it, uh, you get to do like a choose your own adventure. And that one was really fun because you just get to figure out like which way is the right way and which way you uh, un- unfortunately die or it ends. So. Yeah. And uh, and there's there's some big surprises too. There are some pretty big like, ones. Like there's, there's some big, not only just puzzly aha moments, but like moments where you're like, Oh, that was cool. Yeah, there's there's a few very specific ones that uh, are really cool. So kudos kudos to them for knocking that out. And uh, the, the final thing that we think is just really well done about this is beyond just the narrative, there is world building. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that is super important because we come from an escape room world, Zach and I do. Yeah. Um, and that is, I believe, easier to do in an escape room world, world building that is, than it is as an at-home puzzle game. Yeah. So when a puzzle game can honestly say that it sucked us into a world, I think that's a big thumbs up yeah. for that game. And, and, and I want to harp on that because the puzzles build that immersion, the details, the website, everything really made us believe that we were a part of this organization instead of just a piece of paper that said, hey, you're a part of this organization. Yeah. Like, I will proudly present my soup card when I go to Kroger. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and I expect a discount to, and them to say, like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. For Congratulations on, on that last that last case you guys took care of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really you really did a we, great we job. We blew it out of the park. That's how much I feel like a part of soup. I will wear my pin around town. Oh, really? Absolutely. It that, is a great pin. That, that's how much I'm dedicated. And uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Angela, who is the creator, by the way, if you're out there listening, please make more soup. Yes, they're we, really fun. We want more soup. Your soup is delicious. Uh, I hope that's not a weird, awkward thing to say, but we say weird, awkward things sometimes. That's true. We're hoping for a season two of soup. Yeah, that would be really much, fun. That's how much we really, really enjoyed this game, and we think that the reviews that people wrote about this game deserve that. Yep. So two thumbs up for soup. Uh, the last thing that I want to mention, so if you're a first-time player, I think this is the game for you. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because it is not a high level of difficulty, but even for advanced players, it can be really difficult. And we'll touch on that a little bit later in section two. Mm -hmm. Now we want to jump into a little bit about what we found there were a little rooms for improvement. No game is perfect, right? Wouldn't you agree with me on that? I, I have not played the perfect game yeah, yet. Yeah, there's no game that is perfect. There's no game that are perfect. And the other part of this room for improvement, I, I think, comes on individual perspective, right? Sure. Something yeah. that we may feel like is a room for improvement, or even a like for that matter. Somebody else may be like, well, I didn't really enjoy that part of the game. Yeah. So we want to keep that in mind, but we do think that these are valid things that can be room for improvement in Cross Your Fingers, Room for Soup Season 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Zach, what did, in your opinion, what was the, what was the first thing that we found that could be improved on a little bit? Uh, kind of the first thing was probably misleading puzzle materials. So there was just like a few different things that like you would work through certain items and you'd think that that is either a related or it was kind of part of the clue because other hints kind of tell you it was, you know, but when you get to that specific clue, um, one kind of being like a card clue, uh, there's just a detail of like, okay, well, this item has something that's related to the like the solution. But when you get the actual solution, it's not technically involved. It was just kind of like a weird thing where it's like, okay, it had this item on it, but it doesn't relate yes, to the actual we were, answer. We were fully convinced because of text yeah. that a certain item went with something and it didn't and, a, and we never got cleared up why it didn't. Yeah. Um, and there were a few details here and there that made us want to approach puzzles from a very specific way. Yeah. And then we had to, after running into wall after wall, realize, okay, that's not the way we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is part of a good puzzle, right? You wrestle oh, with yeah. it. But in this case, it was extremely misleading where it felt like it it took away from the puzzle. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and I think addressing a few of those small details, some of it was in the way that items were printed. Yeah. Um, could be made, because the, the core puzzle was not bad. No, yeah, the core puzzle was good. The, the core puzzle, I don't think there was a puzzle that we didn't enjoy working through. Yeah. But there could have been a little more clarity um, or maybe just less wordiness that made you think a puzzle was going to be approached in way A when it should have been approached in way B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were also a couple of unclear puzzle solutions and puzzle interactions. And that specifically was about midway through the game once we were tackling later envelopes. There was one puzzle in particular that it changed the game for us. And, and here's what I mean by that. As you're working through this game, you are fully convinced that your outputs of puzzles are one way. Do you remember this? We were, oh, yeah. we were totally convinced that we were looking for X the entire time, and then we got to a, a puzzle, and it changed the game and what we were looking for, and we wrote that off very quickly because there was nothing telling us it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of relate it to... Um, being in an escape room where you don't know what the locks are. Mm -hmm. So you start assuming, oh, hey, they're all going to be four-digit locks. Yeah. And that's what the puzzle kind of made you believe. We were solving, and we were getting answers for four-digit locks. And then we got to a certain puzzle, and that rule no longer applied. But, I, but in talking, we feel like that could be simply solved um, by letting people know maybe what they're solving towards. What the goal is, yeah, yeah. or the solution. Let, let us know to the goal, too. We realize it's part of a bigger meta puzzle. Yeah. But it wouldn't, in looking back, it wouldn't have ruined the puzzle at all. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. Uh, it, it probably would have helped us realize what we were looking for because we were very confused yeah. uh, on a certain puzzle that had us combining elements together. And then we got a number and we were like, 
that can't be right. Yeah, that can't we kept be right. We, it. we kept questioning it. We were very confused, and I think that could simply be solved by letting know players, hey, this is the output you're looking for here. This is the output you're looking for here. Um, this is what you'll be solving for. So wasn't horrible. Um, oh, no. Happened on one thing, and then we re- learned from that and realized for the rest of the game, the world is the limit on what oh, we could be solving yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was what was our last uh, our last critique on what we saw throughout the experience? So the last critique we kind of had was that the ending, the, it's kind of anticlimactic with how the puzzle flows. Because uh, when you start off, you're, you get the story of how you've joined society for the observation of the unknown phenomena. And you kind of start off as like a, a low person in it, right? You've just been recruited on uh, and you go on all these adventures and the story starts folding out and folding out. And I don't really want to spoil what happens. Yes. But when you get there, just because the game is, I think, in general, supposed to be more of a humorous tone yes. than it's supposed to be a dead serious, in my opinion, coming from like a escape room world. And it's kind of hard because games like this, it's hard for them to build that kind of climatic ending sometimes is when we got there and we we did what we needed to do to beat the game, it kind of just stops. And it, and it, it kind of has to, unfortunately, in that kind of sense. And the story overall was good. It was just like felt anticlimactic when you've set up like this big story that you keep working through all these different, you get different hints about how you're going to solve this big meta puzzle. Yes. And then when you get there, it kind of just, you, you do what you need to do and then boom. Yes. And, and, and the other part of that was uh, it felt like this game was very interactive and aha on the front end. Yeah. And, and over the course of the game, the puzzles became less interactive and it wasn't that they were bad puzzles. No. It, it just seemed that, if you were climbing a mountain, you climbed way harder earlier in the game and enjoyed that, and then you kind of plateaued through the rest of the game. So I feel like what could have been done is if you would have just replicated probably the first half of the game in terms of interactivity and puzzle type and put it in the second half of the game, mm-hmm. that would have been like – it would have taken the game from a really good game to a great game yeah. or an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would have enjoyed to see more of what happened in the first part of the game, in the second part of the game. And I think that would have built up the story. Yeah. Because when we when we worked our way into the later puzzles, it felt more story-driven. And then the final puzzle, it wasn't a bad puzzle, no. but it, it, it failed and kind of paled in comparison to the interactions that we had earlier in the game. Yeah. In, in essence, you could say flip the puzzle flow on its head if we would have started out on the type of puzzles that we had and finished, I would have been hyped. Yeah. Right? Because it would have been building, there would have been a, a climax, and that would have been a, a more satisfying experience. Still, like we said, this was a great game. Yeah, it was very and, fun. And, and us getting into the weeds here, we do as a labor of love to say, I think this is a way that they could have made better. Sure. Um, but by and large, if you read the reviews, if you talk to other people that have played this game, this is a game worth playing. Yeah. This is a game worth your time, Very much worth your money, your money um, and you get more than enough in the personalization, I would say, in compared to other games that yeah. uh, of, so. of the same price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we're, we're really big fans, and uh, we just really enjoyed playing uh, this game. Well, that's the end of our first segment. Puzzles to the People is coming at you next. Welcome back into the show. I want to talk to you about, real quick, before Zach explains what we do in Section 2, how you can win free games. Every single time a podcast drops, we give away a game. It may not be necessarily the game we're playing. In the case of today, it is. There is a free copy of Soup on the line. 
But you need to know how to win that. We, we talked a lot. We wanted to simplify this process a lot for people. This is easy. Like our page. Like the company's page, which in this case is Krakenet. You can find them at Krakenet Mysteries on Facebook. Like their page, like our page, you're automatically entered to win the game. It seems simple. Is there a form to fill out, Zach? No. Do you need to send us money? You can if you'd like. You can if you like. But no. But no. Simply like our page, Puzzling Company on Facebook, and Cracking Up Mysteries on Facebook as well. And at the end of the month, we will send a game to you. Seems pretty simple. Pretty simple. Zach, what happens in Section 2? Well, Section 2 is called Puzzles to the People. Uh, in this section, we're basically going to look at comments that you guys have left either in reviews like on our Google Forms or on the reviews of their websites and kind of look at them. And then Jared's going to ask them as questions to me and kind of it's time for my – it's like my time for me to like respond to them and kind of see if I agree with them or not and kind of debate it a little bit. Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a spirited debate here. I think sometimes Zach and I will land on different spots on yep. whether we like a game or not. We go through a pretty rigorous process immediately following every game we play to talk about the different elements of them. So this is a little time for us to kind of have it out, uh, and we'll see what happens. I do not know what Zach is going to say to these questions. This is not pre-planned. The questions are pre-planned, but the responses are not. So let's see if things get a, get a little heated today. All right, question number one for you, Zach, is this. Would you say that soup is the perfect game to give someone who is just starting out in the at-home mystery and puzzle world? Yes, I think it is. Uh, the difficulty scale of it kind of starts off very easy, kind of gives you very interacted. Uh, the personality and like personalization that we talked about early on definitely feels really nice. It's definitely something that you won't forget, especially if it's your first time. Uh, but it kind of builds up on you, like how difficult it will be. So you kind of start off, you get some good, pretty simple puzzles that most people will be able to hopefully get pretty quickly. Um, as the game goes on, it does get more difficult. So like I said, we were kind of talking about it earlier, the 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 difficulty scale does go up, which kind of feels nice, especially when you're learning. But yes, I think the game overall is very nice for new people. Uh, there are a few parts, in my opinion, kind of as the game goes on, that is pretty difficult. But obviously with games like this, and especially for Soup, there is a very nice hint system that does help kind of you with all the different harder steps. I'm going to agree with you on this one. I do think this is a fantastic game for people to start on. It's also young people friendly, yeah. right? The content of this is not serial killer or no. something very intense. Oh, so I think if you're out there and you're listening to this and you want to play a game uh, with someone, you're, you're a family, if you're an aunt or an uncle out there and you're looking for something to do with your niece or your nephew, this is the perfect game to sit down and crack open and even personalize it towards that younger person. They'll be so excited to open up a game that's oh, yeah. personalized to them. If you are looking for a Christmas gift out there, people, this is a fantastic gift because it is so personalized. But oh, I yeah. agree. I agree. If you are in your first couple of games, Soup is a great game for you. Yeah. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this, Zach. All right. Question number two to you, sir. And this will be more relevant, I think, to our, our players who are frequent to these type of games. Yeah. Is this game too easy in general i i think it is a little too easy for people who play a lot of them or enthusiasts uh we kind of talked about in the earlier question but this game kind of starts off really simple but it's fun like i said this game is generally very very fun so the beginning kind of gets you set up right but if you play a lot of these you kind of get through them pretty quick as the game goes on about like 75 percent of the way through the game is when you kind of run into like your first kind of more difficult puzzle 
right? And for, you know, people like us, you know, and it, people who really like these types of games, it will give you a little bit of a challenge. But after that point, it kind of, everything like the meta puzzles, meta puzzle there at the end starts all connecting together. And it does kind of just end up being kind of easy. Because once you got through like the one or two really difficult clues, it kind of just, like we kind of talked about earlier, plateaus. And at that point, you're kind of just like, this was really fun, but I only got challenged, let's say, three out of the 20 clues, right? I'm going to disagree with you on this. Okay. I'm coming back at you. I think what you're saying is there are a lot of classic puzzles in this game. You will recognize a lot of the puzzles, but... I'm going to say that it's still worth playing. Oh, absolutely. Because of the way that they're hidden into the narrative. Sure. Yeah. And, and the writing is good. And there's a lot of elements. Oh, absolutely. So it is on the easier scale, but I don't know that I would say that it's, it's too easy. That it's too easy. I can understand that. Uh, it's This game is, is advertised for one to two players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it says it could take anywhere from two to five hours is what it's advertised at. I think so. We definitely came in under that two hours. But I wasn't necessarily upset about that. Oh, no. Yeah. It was was a fun adventure no matter what. I just, I can understand where you come from from that. But I would say, like, if you play a lot of these, I know we had looked at other reviews. And some of them were saying kind of the same thing where they're like, well, this was a really solid game, but I never really got challenged at a point in it. So this is, uh, I I think that's fair. I, I think we can come to the conclusion and say, if you're looking for a challenge, this is not your game. If you're if you're in intense, if you're looking for something to push you, this is more. This game has great puzzles, has great puzzle floor, but it is it is more for the enjoyment of this type of stuff. Yeah. If you enjoy a good narrative, if you enjoy good classic solid puzzles, this is the game for you. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we I talked about this right at the end of what I was saying right here, but my third question for you is. Uh, is the narrative aspect of the game uh, enjoyable? And this is why I say that. And I want to bring this up for people who are adventuring into the at-home puzzle and mystery. Narrative, in our experience, plays more of a role in these games Mm -hmm. than than it would in any type of escape room. Um, it, it, It is a different world, and I think it allows more room for narrative and for the enjoyment of that. Uh, So if you're listening and you're just here for puzzles, realize that this world has a lot of room for narrative. There's a lot of really cool games coming out right now that have fantastic puzzles in them, but they're letting people know it's narrative first. Mm -hmm. So my question again is, was the narrative aspect of this game enjoyable? Because that's what we ask people to review on is the puzzle aspect and the narrative aspect. I think the narrative aspect of this game was enjoyable. Uh, the like I said, I think the whole the personalization we keep going back to that, yes. but it does really feel like you are there, and that makes you kind of get into the narrative of this game, and it it never takes itself too serious. So there's a lot of jokes. Um, you know, there's like other interactions. So when you do certain clues, they kind of like joke around with you a little bit. Uh, there is like the hint system to go into it a little bit without going too far into it. It does kind of play when you start doing your first few hints, it does kind of laugh at you because they're like, okay, you joined this group, but you, you know, what do you mean you don't know how to solve this? <laughs> you, you're telling me you're struggling with this clue? Okay, I'll give you a little hint, you know, whatever. Uh, but the narrative throughout the entire game feels pretty strong. Like I said, the only part that I felt that it felt weak was just at the climax. And I think it's just going to be hard for a game like this or really any kind of at-home puzzle game uh, like compared to an escape room to give you that climatic feeling of like being there because yeah. you're not. So in this one, you know, 
it does feel really good until you get to that final step. And then you do the final step and it, you've done it, you know, you've achieved what you wanted to, and then it, it ends, which is that, you know, is how they mostly all end. They sure. kind of just end. But it, that one, I just was like, oh, so that happened. That's, that's cool. Okay. Where do I go from here? You know, right. how, do, how am I supposed to feel other than we did it? Yes. I agree. I think, I, and I, I think that's a good word in general is I think there is a lot of room for figuring out exciting ways or fulfilling ways for games to end. Mm-hmm. Because I agree with you. I, I really liked the story. And another cool aspect that a lot of people who played this game may or may not know about is these are real phenomena. Yeah. Right. This th- there's a lot of research that went into this. Yeah. Very much and so. it's it's cool because after the game is over, you can go look at these things for yourself. Mm. Like it's almost an intro into what the, the unknown phenomena. Yeah. So it's fun, and I I really appreciate cracking up mysteries research mm-hmm. into that field because part of the immersion is oh this is real, mm-hmm. and and you get to invite yourself into something that you could as soon as you know quote unquote the game is over go look at and research. And I think that's also why there's room for another soup. Because yeah. there's a lot of more unknown phenomena to oh, go Oh, and you're explore. just starting in soup. And you are just starting. And maybe and maybe that's room if we're if we're diving into the story. Like maybe if 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 part of what we believe is that, you know, the game didn't finish as strongly as we want to, maybe this is just chapter one. Let's have some breathing room for soup to come back and and wow us with another yeah, story. That'd be cool. That'd be that'd be really cool. Um, but I, I do agree with what you said. This this is a fun-loving organization that does not take itself too seriously, that we're proud to be a part of, and it is a super good balance, in my opinion, of puzzle and story. Yeah. Yeah. So agree with you on that. Now, this next question I'm going to present to you in a quote that came through from one of our reviews. Uh, this is from Jillian Raymond. A lot of people in the mystery subscription group and in the PPGM group um, know Jillian. The hint system needs its own space to receive praise. Krakenut added something different by creating a funny narrative in the hints as you progressively ask for more help. This was highly entertaining and made me check the hints even after I finished the puzzles. Agree or disagree with that, Zach? I agree. I think the hint system was really fun. Uh, there, Like I said, we kind of talked about in the earlier section a little bit too. But when you get into certain hints, like when you're working on things, you kind of you ask the first hint and it goes, OK, well, like, why would you ask a question like that? That's kind of dumb. You know, and you get to the next one. It's like, OK, I'll kind of help you a little bit. And then you get the next one and it, and it kind of explains it more and more. And as it goes on, it starts helping explain more. But it keeps kind of hinting at you like, why are you asking these dumb questions, man? <laughs> we sit out here to, like, figure this out. So, like, what are you struggling with? And uh, it definitely receives its own. It should receive its own praise. Uh it's it's great. I think the narrative, how it feeds into the hint system is great. Um, the only thing I would say that I found um, frustrating at times, but this is only just, this is a personal thing to me, is when I want specifically a, a certain hint. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm stuck on, you know, uh, this puzzle and I'm on like probably three-fourths of the way into it, right? I press the hint system, you know, and I, I look through and it, it's really funny and entertaining, like 100%. But then I'm just like, I'm just trying to look for the answer or like at least that hint very sure. specifically to tell me what's going on. And I kind of look through a few and I'm like, like I said, I find it funny, but I'm, it's just I'm having to search kind of for exactly what I want. Um, but that's my only like small critique. And I think that's a personal thing or for certain people. you know. Yes. And I I will agree with you and Jillian that it did help the narrative because – for those of you listening, we are not no hint people. Yeah. Zach and I joked when we were coming up with a name for our podcast. We said, 
let's call ourselves No Hints. Like, that's the name yeah. of the podcast. We'll call it No Hints. But we use hints all the time. I'm we, very much an active yeah, hint watcher. More, more often than not, when we're playing, I'm the one that's like, oh, let's wait a little bit. But, but what's so nice and where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit is okay. I like tiered hint systems. Sure. I, I think it's smart because it doesn't reveal too much information, like if you Makes accidentally sense. quick. And there's a lot of games out there that don't offer a tiered hint system. That is kind of true. Um, yeah. Where you're like, well, I didn't know that yet. Like, thanks. When it like, gives you, like, a paragraph yeah. that tells you the exact answer. Yeah. I get that. It's like a game master that's not paying attention to you in an escape room and then's like, Here's well, the answer. Here's the answer. <laughs> like, and you're ah. like, uh Like, now I think there are games out there that are more competitive where it, that is intentional. But for this sure. game, what I thought was so incredibly intelligent was that the hints were conversational. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in no. a lot of games, no. and I and 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 like kudos to Angela yeah, for that so. touch because again, it stuck to the immersion of the game. It wasn't it wasn't just uh, a lot of people do tiered hint systems, right? Yeah, but none of them are a character talking to you. Yeah, that's true. Even if it was just text that we had to read through, I thought that was a fantastic element that allowed me to go from I don't know what to do, which usually I don't know what to do can be immersion-breaking moments, yeah, to let's go to the hint and, okay, this is cool, now someone's joking with us. Yeah. Like, now someone's giving us a hard time. So completely on board with what Jillian's saying here, and uh, I, I can totally get down with doing more of this in the future. And if you're a creator out of there, bring dialogue into the hint system. Yeah, I think it was a good thing. I would say to kind of agree and disagree with you, I think the one thing that maybe would have helped someone like myself with those kinds of like, like tier hint systems usually are pretty good. I've seen a few where they kind of like label each one, you know, like it might be labeled like one through seven, but some are like, okay, this is your first hint. This is mm-hmm. your second one. This is the one that's like, you know, your second, like this one's like, your okay, this is going to help you figure out like the majority. And then this is like the straight up answer. And I like when they label it that. Um, I know if I remember for soup correctly, um, it does label them like in order. So usually yes. if you skip to, you know, like the, the final one, it would directly tell you the answer. Yes. And still have kind of a conversation with you with it. Um, so I did like that. Like I said, it's just for me personally, sometimes when it's like a long tier list, it kind of sure. feels like I'm searching. It feels a little, a little cumbersome. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah I totally, I, I, can, I can understand that. All right. Now for question number five. We always like to have a fun question in there. Uh Angela Scott Lawson is a straight-up, puzzling, creating gangsta, and we will play more of her content. Agree or disagree? I disagree. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Angela, we've I've talked to Angela a little bit. Obviously, me and Jared both have. Yes. And she's great. Um, all the games we've played of her so far. Uh, we still have one that's sitting Ugh. in our closet right now that I'm staring at every day that I want to <laughs> play it, um, Root of All Evil. I'm very excited to play that soon. Um, they're great. She's very nice, and I think... You know, I'm very excited to see what other games she potentially will make here in the future. Yes, uh, agree. Angela is a puzzling gangsta. True. Um, and just a shout out to her activity in our community. Yeah. Uh, she is one of those voices. I feel like she has access to knowledge sometimes that we don't. So I'm like, how do I become as informed and cool as Angela? She's like a wizard. She is like a wizard. That's a great term. And I want, I want to become more like her in those ways. Yeah. Life goals for us. Life goals for us. I want to be a wizard too. But uh, if you don't know, Angela does have three games out that yep. you can find on her site. Double Major, which was her first game. Mm-hmm. Root of All Evil, her second game. And then Soup is her most recent creation. 
Uh, so we'll talk more about how you can get in touch with those games later on. But uh, two thumbs up, uh, Angela. No. Gangsta. Puzzling Definitely gangster. gangster. Definitely a gangster. We are we are totally, totally down with her vibe and look forward to playing more of her content. Well, we're going to take a quick break. That wraps up segment two for us. Stick with us for our final section where we'll get to hear directly from Angela. All right. Welcome back to the show. Just a quick spot. We'd usually do an ad right here, but we just wanted to invite everybody to go to our website, which is puzzlingcompany.com. If you found the website, you probably already be there and review games. The future of our podcast depends on you reviewing games. Later on this month, we have Alcatraz by Break-In. We have Maddox Lost Treasure by Society of Curiosities. We have Moodus Markings by the ASPMC. And we also, our feature for the month is the Enigmas. It's a card deck by David Kwong. Go to our website. You can review all of those games there. And we may even feature quotes from your review on our podcast. All right, well, let's talk briefly about section number three. We're about to hear from Angela Lawson-Scott, who is the creator of Kraken Up Mysteries. But I want to let our viewers know how we do this. This is not conversational. It is edited to sound like we are asking the questions, but that's just so that Angela doesn't have to talk all over the course of the next 15 to 20 minutes. We will ask the questions, but Angela has had these questions a while And the whole point of this section is to hear from creators about their processes, what's going on with them, and to dig deeper into why they do the things that we do. So that's why we give creators time to answer these questions, and then we have their answers here on the last section. So what you'll hear is you'll hear Zach and I read questions back and forth, and then you'll hear the recording pre-recorded from Angela in this. And this will be every single time that we have a new creator on the show It'll be them with time talking about the things that we've asked them, usually about five to ten questions. But I'm going to get out of the way. Here are the questions that we asked Angela and hear her responses. Angela, question number one, tell us your story. What were you doing before Cracking Up Mysteries, and how did you get into making puzzle games? Before Cracking Up, I was doing furniture. I had a quaint little business called um, Furniture Therapy by Angela. I have a website, or not a website, a Facebook page. And I refurbished, reupholstered furniture. And I actually ended up, or we ended up, starting Crack a Nut through participating in a secret Santa giveaway online. Okay, Angela, what's your philosophy on puzzle making and storytelling? What do you think you're better at? Well, we definitely don't have a philosophy about puzzle making whatsoever. I don't know how other creators assemble or brainstorm or come up with their games. I think we're probably a little unconventional. Maybe other creators feel the same way we do. There's no question that we are better at the storytelling aspect than the puzzling. It blows my mind that 
people, companies put out either a monthly, you know, newsletter or puzzle or a weekly or daily. I am in awe of those people because, I mean, it literally takes us a whole year to come up with the game. <laughs> I mean, we have proven that puzzling does not come easy to us at all. So we lean toward the storytelling and I don't see that changing in the future. Angela, you do most of your game creation on your own. I know you do it with a little bit of help from your family, but talk about the struggles and triumphs of that process as doing it someone mostly as yourself and give us a good story that you've had along the way. For the most part, it is just my mother, Peggy, and I, and myself. We do everything. And anything that we do outsource is also family. My dad makes the boxes for Root of All Evil. My sister and her husband do the engraving in it. But for the most part, it is just my mother and I. And we don't have a certain way we go about really doing anything. We do know, or we have found, that we come up with our best ideas or we brainstorm mostly when we are driving in the car. And this fall actually is a perfect example. We were trying to come up with our game for this year's Secret Santa. And I was driving downstate to pick up my youngest son that had flown in. And I got about 20 minutes out of town and I had an epiphany. So I call my mom and I'm like, oh my God, what do you think of this? So chat, 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 hang up. I, five minutes later, I call and I'm like, and what if we did this? And she's like, I should come with you. And I'm like, I'm already running late. Long story short, I turned around, drove all the way back to town to pick her up so she could make the two and a half hour drive so that we could brainstorm this new idea. So we we definitely are not conventional. And with it just being the two of us, there's nobody else to blame if something else goes wrong. And that's tough when you're this close. I mean, this isn't like an employee-employer. I mean, this is family. So it can get very personal. There are times that, I mean, we are so busy and we're so 
stretched thin because, again, it's just the two of us. And we do everything. I mean, we make every rosary. We make every heart paperweight. I mean, it's a lot of work. And there definitely are times when we're stressed out and it can get a little ugly. And it's, it happens. But in the end, it's all because we both want to put out a quality product. And that's what we're aiming for. So when we get tripped up every once in a while, but for the most part, we work very well together. Obviously, we've managed to put together some good games and we've got a lot of ideas for some what we hope will be great games in the future. Do you have a game that you've always wanted to make but haven't made yet? What would the story be? And are you going to make it? There are a couple of ideas that we've had on the shelf. It's hard to come up with unique, original stories that haven't been told. I mean, there's so many pirate games and murder mystery games and, you know, which on one hand, oh, it's been done, it's been done. But on the other hand, hello, it sells. That's why they keep doing it. You know, they're popular, people enjoy them. As far as a story that we would like to do, we keep coming back to a lottery winner. And I, I really don't want to go into it too far because it really is on our list of things to do. But we've got that. I do believe we will potentially do an Egyptian archaeological type game in the future, but it's not on the top of our list at the moment. We, we like that the three games that we have to offer right now are just all over the place. And we like that we never wanted to be kind of pigeonholed into, you know, well, Kraken not only does this type of game, or you know what I mean? So we love that we have the Root of All Evil, kind of the creepy, dark horror. We have Double Major, that's, I guess, a kind of whodunit mystery. And then we've got Soup, that is a family friendly, very humorous in a whirlwind adventure. So we feel like we've got something for everyone. And I we will we want to continue that 
type of marketing or that type of creating. So I, I never see us getting into one type of genre or game. And we definitely will not ever offer a subscription game for that reason, for that same reason. The next question is, what's next? Do you have plans for a game number four in the works? It definitely looks favorable for a soup too. Jen and I have been in contact. We are working together. A lot of brainstorming going on. Um, We've taken the feedback from people that have played soup and are using all of that to be able to offer soup two that will be as good or obviously, hopefully better. Um, A lot of people have said that the first assignment was hands down their favorite. So taking that into consideration, we're trying to work that into the next soup. So it will be similar, but better. And I'm excited about soup too. I'm confident that it will be as popular and as well liked as soup one. And then the final question for you, Angela, is what's the most recent game you've actually played? I am currently playing Society of Curiosities, The Memory Stone. And like every single one of their games, I am loving it. They are the masters of digital incorporation into their games. I'm in awe every time I play one of their games. I think they, they're amazing. I love their whole story as far as um, Michelle and Yassine having their escape room in Hawaii and like so many others with, with the COVID lockdown, they were forced to, um, to close, to close their, um, escape room, but the silver lining, at least for all of us players, they took a chance on doing a tabletop, you know, mystery by mail game. And I mean, there's no question that Society of Curiosities has been a huge, huge success. It's without a doubt my favorite subscription and I'm really looking forward to their fairy tale files. So I hope that they 
continue to succeed because I would hate to live a life without society curiosities. <laughs> they are amazing. And aside from producing fantastic games and doing things that I have never experienced in any other games, they are the two most genuine, nicest people you could ever meet. And that's another great thing about puzzling, about being a member of like the Puzzle People group is making these amazing connections with people that you would never have met. So I think that's a true blessing. We just want to say thanks again to Angela for making the time to be on our podcast, to send us her games, to give us a free game to give out to one of you. Just a reminder, like our page, Puzzling Company on Facebook, like her page, Cracking Up Mysteries on Facebook. And just to sum it all up, we think this is a game worth playing. Absolutely. Uh, give it a try. Give it as a gift is a great option, incredibly accessible to yeah. everyone. Absolutely. Um, but that that's going to wrap up our show, episode number one for us today. Uh, if you want to find out more information about Angela and her games, please go to crackanutmysteries.com. There'll be a link posted um, in the show notes. Check that out. And please come find us, interact with us, Puzzling Company for Facebook and at Puzzling Company for Instagram. Uh, those are also be available in the show notes. Uh, that's all that we've got today, Zach. It has been a pleasure. Always a pleasure being Always with you. a pleasure. I look forward to our future games together. And for those of you out there listening to us, play games, review games, and talk about games with us. Absolutely. Remember, this is Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. <laughs>